there, folks, and welcome to episode 107 of Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. Of course, my name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at IamCalebB. That's I am Caleb and then another B. Follow my friend, co-host, and producer, Eddie Cornelison, at E-D-D-Y-C at 5. Follow the show at EC underscore Hero. Check out our Instagram, EC HeroCast. And as always, check out our Gmail, ECHeroCast at gmail.com. Of course, check me out every Thursday morning on the Grave Consequences podcast, which is a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. The recording date is Monday, April 11. Eddie, how are you doing on this lovely Monday afternoon, four days into baseball season? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Yeah. Did your Yankees end up getting the sweep or did you take the L last night? No, took the L. The mm-hmm. um, the guy that wants thirty six million, um, he uh, didn't come up big when they needed him. So uh, uh, enlighten me, because that could be a lot of people, and I live in a bubble. So well, um, I, they offered Aaron Judge, I forget twenty five or so million a year. Uh, oh yes, yeah, and Judge turned down the extension. Yeah, he wants thirty six million a year, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Well. And, um, Look, if you want $36 million a year, I know it's just the first weekend and April baseball, like, who cares? Uh, if you want $36 million and you're at home and you're down one run, you have an 11 pitch at bat, you can't strike out. Yeah, definitely don't strike out. That's not necessarily a good idea. Also, maybe don't split a four game with the Reds, but uh, especially at home. But then again, we started off last year 0-4 and we saw how that turned out. So we'll, we'll see how things go from there. Obviously, this is going to be very dated by the time this comes out. Uh, yeah. May 4th, I believe. Yeah, it'll be very dated, but, you know, it's all right. Exactly, exactly. Folks, um, I mean, look, we record these ahead of time because we're first-class podcasters. Wouldn't you agree, Ed? Yes, but in two weeks, because we're, what are we, uh, three episodes ahead. In two weeks, yeah. we'll be two episodes ahead, and I think yeah. that's, I think that'll be better for the banter because it won't be as outdated. Yeah, hey, thanks for no-selling that little uh, name drop, you ass clown. What name drop? I said that we are first-class podcasters. Oh, maybe right. we should like be, the movie. Maybe we should be X-Men first-class podcasters. Maybe we should. Yeah, maybe we should. X-Men first-class, guys. June 3rd, 2011, directed by Matthew Vaughn. Uh, budget and box office. Let's go right into that. Budget 150, box office 353.6. Those are the numbers I came up with. Are we in agreement on that? No, I came up with 160. Oh, okay. So I think what had happened was Wiki had listed 140 to 160, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I went in the middle. I looked at the one that said 140, and I couldn't find where it actually said 140, so I just went with 160. Okay, so... In that case, then, budget of 160, box office 353.6, profit still of $193.6 million, so nothing to shake a stick at. No, it's uh, 244.2 mm-hmm. in uh, 2020 money, 2022, whatever year it is. Yeah, sir. And it is number 22 on the list between right below Batman Returns, but above Megamind, it just knocked off. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, critics and fans, what are, what ratings are we looking at? Did we get a score, Gami, this week? 
So close. We got 86 critic, 87 fans. Damn. I know. Damn. Uh, I don't want to be an ass, but they both went kind of high on that one. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. But we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, okay. Time capsule time. Again, like I mentioned, June 3rd, 2011. Champions in wrestling. John Cena and Randy Orton, the WWE and World Heavyweight Champion at the time. TNA, still Sting, and uh, Ring of Honor, still Eddie Edwards. So those are your champions in wrestling. The number one song by digital download on this date was Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Mm. Not my favorite Adele song. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. Better than, better than Rumor has it. Like, that's probably her worst one to go like to uh, go viral, but um, not her best. Yeah. That's fair. Someone Like You is still probably my favorite Adele song. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. What were you doing around June 2011, my man? Ah, glad you asked. Uh, yeah. We got a baseball tie-in this week. All right, enlighten me. So at this point, I'm still trying to get a job in radio. And uh, this will be a two-part story, by the way. So, trying to get a job in radio. I'm playing Madden, I'll never forget. And I get a phone call. <laughs> It's my cousin, who is a station manager at a radio station in Monterey, California, which is about an hour south of San Jose. And she proceeds to tell me that um, she's worked out a deal in principle uh, that her radio station will be broadcasting Oakland A's games and wanted to know if I'd be interested. It's an entry-level job in being the liaison between their station and the ace games mentioned i'd go to all the home games set up a remote you know broadcasting thing there and um obviously i was like of course this would be like i mean as far as entry-level jobs go this would be like the dream job uh i mean i guess it could have been a team i liked but I don't hate the A's. I just have, I'm indifferent to the A's. Yeah. But uh, regardless, I can be bought. So my loyalty could have <laughs> changed with some, some money. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, I was thrilled. And I even, we did a family dinner that night. And I announced to everyone, well, I might be moving to California. It's a big, big opportunity for this. And, uh, you know, that obviously ends up not happening, and we'll find out next week why uh, I did not become an Oakland A's fan. Oh, it's well, nothing to well, do with, I should say, it's nothing to do with the A's. Uh, okay. It's entirely circumstantial. I yes, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, they, they, they were not involved, so I, I have no ill will towards Oakland, uh, the Oakland Athletics. That's good, that's good. Um... Man, June 2011, I hate to bring the mood down and be more, but I lost two pets in this time period. And one was a cat, which she was old as all get out. And it's like, yeah, it was kind of her time not to be so, like I said, so morbid. But the other was this uh, this French Mastiff that we had named Harley, or not Harley, Rebel, pardon me. And uh, Rebel was awesome, but I think he had some type of a heartworm that just, Sadly, ate away at him, oh. and uh, he was a shell of himself by the time he had died. 
And I remember crying for hours, hours. I did not get out of bed. And I'm talking, I'm 16 going on 17 at the time. Like it hit me hard. I'd had this dog for seven years at the time. Uh, would uh, go on to get a bulldog a couple weeks after named uh, Harley. Love that dog to death. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting times. Summer 2011. Didn't quite have my license just yet. You know, you know, still lifting, still hanging out with friends in the time and, uh, you know, playing video games, hanging out, that kind of thing. Uh, that was June 2011, summer 2011, really, though, for me. But, you know, enough about that. Uh, we need to get into the cast, right? Yeah, that's usually where we go. Or, or history yeah. with the movie, actually. Oh, oh, history with the movie. My man, I saw this on a free HBO weekend, uh, like, probably almost a decade ago now. I uh, saw, like, half of it. And then eventually I watched the whole thing when, uh, right before... Uh, Days of Future Past came out, and I guess this is like maybe the third or fourth time I've watched this in full. Yeah, it's about the same. I saw it in theaters. It is one of, let me think, I think I've only got two movie posters on the wall of movies we reviewed. One we did was RoboCop forever ago, Mm -hmm. Um, and this would be the other. I can't remember how I got this poster. I did not buy it. I think a friend of mine who worked at the theater gave it to me. And he knew I collected movie posters. So I was like, sure, I could use a comic book movie poster. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it hangs in my bedroom, actually. Uh, one day when I get a uh, home theater, they'll all be in the home theater. So, But until that day... Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, man... This is such a huge cast, and it's like, this is young X-Men as well, so it's like we kind of have to go through everyone. Yeah, I will say there is only one person I'm going to spend a, kind of a, a, a decent amount of time with, and the reason for that will all make sense in several, several, several weeks from now. So <laughs> all just, right, all just, right. Just keep that in mind. Uh, okay, so, I mean, where do we start? Yeah, let's start with Mystique. Okay. You mean Raven? J-Law. Raven, Mystique, yeah. whichever. Jennifer Lawrence. This is like a coming out party for her. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, she was she didn't wear any clothes for a lot of the movie, but she was covered up with her makeup. No. It's not what I meant, but go that, off. That would be later in her career. Joke went over my head, bud. She was like the number one target in the foppening. Oh, you say foppening? Yeah, that's what it was called. Pretty sure they call it the fappening. Fappening, whatever. <laughs> I guess Winter Winter's Bone was like her first show out, but yeah, no, she was uh, she was also good here as and, a um, and in the fappening a, a conflicted um, I almost said demon uh, mutant <laughs> rather. Who just had, like I said, internal conflict on, like, do I embrace what I am? Do I, you know, try to become normal? Like, it was a good, it was a, she played the role well. Yeah, this was a, this was a good character as far as um, building the relationship with, uh, with Eric. Mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, important. Um, and as far, yeah, this was 
I don't. I mean, I don't remember her. Uh, I guess Winter's Bone was her big thing, but I mean, it was an Oscar-nominated movie, and nobody ever watches those usually. So uh, it's just, not bad. Yeah, I, I've seen it. it. I kind of got bored a little bit in it. She was good in it, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I just it was like, bait. yeah, it's like okay, he's buried underwater. Like, let's move on with it. Like. Let's go. Like, is is there more to this movie than the dude's just buried in the lake? Like, come on. Uh, anyway, yeah, she was she was oh, very. Hey. Sorry, shout out Rebecca Romaine for her cameo. Yeah, as older Raven. Um, who next, bud? Uh, let's see. Feel like the only uh, young X Men really worth talking about might be. Nicholas Beast? Holt as Beast, yeah. Yes, dude. Also, that CGI on him at the end, ugh. Yeah, one great. Atrocious, bro. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer looked better. He didn't look scary, he looked silly. Like, let's just be honest, man. Yeah, I thought Kelsey Grammer was a little better as far as looking like him, but... Uh, yeah. But no, I liked the character in that he was uh, the opposite of... well. He was kind of the opposite of Mystique. He was he was Mystique at first, who wanted to blend yeah. in, and um, he was ashamed of his big giant feet. And yeah, this was also yeah. If if Jennifer Lawrence wanted me to work on something for her, um, and got as as close to me as as she did to him, I might be very diligent in my work as well. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And yeah. he he. You know he was never um, he was never fond of the feet, but she liked him, and he kept ignoring her, like no, 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 these feet, these aren't good. And uh, you know, little did little did he know it would uh, get a lot worse for him. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Oliver Platt as Man in Black Suit. <laughs> Just kidding barely in it what, but uh, isn't that is that the guy i need to look that up the king kenny the king yeah it's the king i thought so man <laughs> i will crown you and i will rule you yeah that's him good stuff good stuff um who else brother oh let's see um how about I guess, well, let's get into one of the main people. I'll get him out of the way. He's back. Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. This time he didn't use a racial slur either. No, he was just a racist. Exactly. Yeah, just trying to lead a war. <laughs> and a Nazi. Make human... Yeah, a Nazi as well, yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not the first Nazi on... Actually, we've had quite a few Nazis on the show, man. Yeah. Well, you know. They're, I mean, uh, they're, great, they're great villains. Samuel L. Jackson, those dudes in the Rocketeer, like, we've had a few. Captain America, the random Heil Hitler. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Hitler. Um, <laughs> uh, we need, I need to get out of this podcast. I'm going to be carsick. <laughs> Terrible. Mm -hmm. I yeah. wonder if he'll do that in the movie we got coming up in two weeks, so we'll find out. I don't think... I'm going to guess not. <laughs> Probably not. So, here's the character I have a lot of thoughts on. 
Okay. So, I'm going to preface this. Uh, much like how X-Men will tease things for down the line, I'm going to do that as well and say Sebastian Shaw is a great prequel villain. And I say that because with a prequel, you want a villain who's threatening and, and powerful and everything, which he is, but also someone who's not that important in the whole grand scheme of things. Yeah. Because by a definition to prequel, you know that they're winning. I mean, look, we when you go into the movie, you know the good guys are always going to win anyway, but you at least want a little bit of doubt. Whereas yeah. this, it's like, you know he's going to die at the end because it's a prequel. So that's why Sebastian Shaw is a perfect prequel villain. And just just keep that in mind for several weeks down the road. Now, uh, the one thing I will say, I really liked Kevin Bacon in as this character. And even though the first X-Men movie got some flack for how they did the costumes, because it's not... Uh, no, do not yellow. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, uh, what we've seen with Iron Man and Thor and what we will see with Captain America, it is possible to do comic-accurate costumes. With Sebastian Shaw, uh, I like him in the comics and in the cartoon show, but he looks like he's a dude who just maxed out on the bench press and squat rack and then he's going to go sign the Declaration of Independence. It would not have worked for a movie. It would have looked beyond goofy. His power, they changed it, where he absorbs energy and turns it into physical strength. This was different, and it was a much better alteration um, than what he, what you would have done had you been accurate to the comics. So I appreciate that. And, of course, it's Kevin Bacon. We saw him a couple weeks ago. He's a great villain. That yeah. was the same here. Uh, I'm sorry. I just looked up a Sebastian Shaw uh, comic book. And, yeah, you could not have done this. No. <laughs> would have looked goofy. Yeah, absolutely uh, it would have, yeah. But, yeah, he was uh, the leader of the Hellfire Club. In the cartoon, it was called the Inner Circle. Shout out Jericho. But, because uh, <laughs> they can't say hell and cartoons but you mean uh, they didn't call it the uh shaw appreciation society mm, that was no but uh you could have called him that in this movie that was basically what it was pretty much yeah <laughs> but yeah it was uh yeah he was he was very good and uh again great prequel villain keep that in mind prequel villain yeah there's I'm a, a difference fan, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of old k bake especially uh his band the bacon brothers as well mm-hmm you a big bake you a big Bacon Brothers fan? Yeah, I love Bacon. No, I meant the band, the Bacon Brothers. Uh, them too. Did you Did you know Kevin Bacon uh, had a music career? I did. I um, need. I I don't need to listen to any of his stuff. I might have curiosity pull up like their most downloaded song, but you know. Hey, look, all I'll say is he is not the biggest musician slash actor that we will cover on this podcast. We already talked about Will I Am. What are you talking about? Mm, nope, not who I meant. Enlighten me off the air because I am missing something. Well, he's uh, going to be in a couple movies. Okay. Well, I look forward to it. Okay. Because Josh Brolin was a musician. That's pretty cool. Um, it's not Josh Brolin. Okay. Next up. Uh, next up. Let's see. 
Mm, let's just get to the main events. Yep. Plural. Yep. Because uh, I don't have Eric, a lot to say about Myra McTaggart. Eric uh, Lyncher. Yeah, Michael <laughs> Fassbender, who's come a long way since Jonah Hex. Uh, yes, a very long way. And just, <laughs> just pardon and, me, just over a year. Yeah, generic tattooed henchman yeah, to, uh, to now lead Marvel villain. Yes. Well, villain in uh, in waiting, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I thought he was uh, awesome in this, quite oh, frankly. Uh, absolutely. The character arc, it's so perfect. And I cannot stress enough how much I love a villain where you can, you may not agree with them, but you can at least understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did with this, where... Well, when someone lives through the... Yeah. Lives through the Holocaust, yes, they might be a little uh, a little jaded towards humankind. Yeah, and even at the end, when all the boats, they target their missiles at him, it's hard... I mean, like, we know as an audience that Charles Xavier is right, but it's hard to make that point when a bunch of missiles just got shot at you. So, yeah, I get it, you know, like I get it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought uh, a, a great, great job from uh, from Michael Fassbender. Again, glad he overcame the the Jonah Hex curse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, James McAvoy is Charles Xavier. Oh, I thought he did a very groovy job. Oh, my God. <laughs> I liked his uh, character arc as well, from yeah. just, like, genius party guy mm-hmm. to uh, he had to grow up very quickly. But, um, yeah, I, 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 he did a, did a real good job here. It was his uh, – I, I was – I liked his relationship with, uh, with Magneto, where they were friends and had mutual respect but disagreed on everything that was – uh, I mean, this comparison's been made a million times, but it's very Martin Luther King, Malcolm X ish ish esque. Yeah. Malcolm X S-ish. Malcolm X esque. There we go. Malcolm X ish. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was very much like that, and his relationship with uh with Mystique, where he was like, no, no, you should cover up because you know the world's not quite ready for this, and he's he's probably right, you know. But, and he probably doesn't. He's probably not even coming from a point of view where he's like, "Ah, get away from me, you freak!" Like that's probably not it at all. No, it's he's doing like it a, to protect her. Like he's looking out for his little sister. Yeah. Yeah, but whereas Magneto's like, "No, you shouldn't have to do that." And they're both right. Yeah. But um, you know, Charles just doesn't want her uh, her to be, you know, persecuted for how she looks. And whereas Magneto's like. Just kill whoever persecutes you, however you look. So exactly, exactly. Uh, is there anyone else we can talk about? Oh man, there's. So... I feel like we've covered. I mean, how about uh, Hugh Jackman? His cameo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go fluff yourself. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I actually had a um. I I don't know why. There's a person on Facebook. I'll never forget this. He was very much against this movie being made. Don't ask me why. It's I don't know. Yeah. I guess because it wasn't 100%. He's one of those that's got to be true to the comics or else. Yeah. 
And when I wrote about this on Facebook, I was like, oh, you know, this was a great movie. I really liked it. Blah, blah. And he's like, he's, he, I remember he commented like, well, I'm not going to go see it. And X-Men's <laughs> just become over-reliant on Wolverine. He's like, let me guess. He was even in this movie, right? He's like, right. He was in it, right? I'm like, he had a cameo, but it like wasn't integral to the plot at all. He's yeah. like, well, I knew it. They just can't do it without Wolverine. It's like. Dude, he could have been cut from this movie and it wouldn't change anything. So yeah, it was just a funny some, cameo. But well, yeah, some people just have like a hate boner against Wolverine. I don't know. I I mean I, you know, look, it was just a funny cameo. What do you want? It, I mean, uh, here's the thing. If I can make a uh, wrestling comparison, like prior to 2015, basically how a lot of the internet felt about John Cena. Yeah, that's probably fair. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. We pretty well hit on everyone, and I think with that we can get into the plot, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I I believe so. I'm trying to see anyone. I mean, we can shout out, like, hey, that guy who plays MacGyver in the CBS reboot played Havoc, but that's whatever. Well, uh, one of the goons in Kick-Ass is the same actor who played Azizel. Really? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Where else are you going to get that kind of coverage? Yeah, nowhere else, man. Like, it's only Eddie and Caleb doing that kind of coverage, man. We do the deep dives, bro. Exactly. Uh, did this get any awards or anything before we go on to the plot? Uh, I'm going to look into that myself. Um, I don't... Any type of I mean... Thing, like maybe even like a Saturn award or something. Yeah, everything gets a Saturn award. I've stopped looking at those. It got nominated for People's Choice. That's uh, pretty good, I guess. I mean, I am the people, so. Yeah, so People's Choice nominated for favorite movie, nominated for favorite ensemble cast, nominated for favorite superhero movie. Uh, sorry, superhero Jennifer Lawrence, and okay. uh, favorite. Movie superhero, I guess male and female, because it doesn't differentiate. You mean the Oscars didn't want to nominate to the uh, the uh, CGI for um, Beast? No, the Oscars uh, ignored this one. What a shame. Yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, no real uh, awards to speak of from what I'm seeing. Oh my god, I just saw another still of Beast. And this is just abysmal. It, bro... It literally looks like freaking Mike Myers as the cat in the hat. That's like, not I'm, good. I'm going to send this. You saw the movie, and I'm going to send this to you. All send right. It in the, send it in the group there. And tell me you're not seeing Mike Myers here. I just sent it to you. Just heard your phone go off. Read it. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> yeah. It's silly, man. But, yeah, with that and with my dunking on the, the CG, let's get into the plot, man. So we opened in Poland in 1944, basically Yo, the sorry, same beginning sorry. as... I'm, I'm sorry, did you just say Poland? Yeah, Poland. You said Poland. I said Poland. You totally said Poland, but uh, yes, this was the exact same beginning as the first X-Men. Poland is where you like to go. Heyo! It's my favorite gay bar. But, yeah, opened in 1944, basically the same beginning, separated from his parents, Eric is, and uh, pulls down the metal gate. Yep, with uh, with his anger. Mm-hmm. 
And we cut to Westchester, New York, in 1944. A young Charles Xavier finds his mom in the kitchen, but he knows it's not her. It is, in fact, Raven. Yeah, because uh, his mom... <laughs> that lady don't know how to cook. What are you talking about? Yeah, plus he read her mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back in Poland, uh, Dr. Schmidt... Klaus Schmidt... Mergenhergen. ...is interviewing Eric. Well, he believes there is a superior race... It's not the blonde hair, blue eyes nonsense that the Nazis are uh, promoting. But he nah. wants him, he says, move this coin. And Eric can't do it. He brings in his mom. And he says, I will shoot her if you can't do it. On count of three. And uh, Eric can't do it. And he's like, can't do it. Counts to three in German. Hein, schein, try. Or however that goes. I didn't speak German. Do. Do uh, hust. He, uh, Do hust, Mark. <laughs> Are you no-selling my uh, my Ramstein? No, I'm not no-selling Ramstein. Okay, fair enough. I think there may be some lag. Well, one moment. I'm getting a very important phone call, so talk amongst yourselves. Oh, my God. He's getting a phone call during the podcast. This man doesn't realize. Come on, I Hello. told him about Do Not Disturb. And he's over here like, oh, i got to take this phone call. Ridiculous, man. See, it's crap like that. That's why That's why the Yankees aren't even going to go to the pennant this year. But, you know, what do I know? Oh, uh, I've never answered my phone on the pod before. Never done it. Okay. Never going to, quite frankly. It's not going to happen. But uh, he's got no problem answering it. It better be work-related or someone better be dead. Actually, I really hope no one's dead, because if they are, it'd be really awkward. Also, I love that Eddie's going to get to hear all of this when he edits the show. I look forward to it. But, uh, yeah, Poland. Nice little uh, nice little joint. Except for in the 40s, apparently. Um, especially if you were, you were Jewish. Um, yeah, yeah. Old uh, Magneto couldn't move the coin. Mama got shot. Wasn't good was not good at all. <laughs> and we also didn't mention that uh, when Magneto got angry, he killed both guards in the okay, room by just, you know, taking the, the metal in their helmets and just, like, crushing it around their heads. It was really disgusting. Um, mansion in Westchester. Xavier met Raven. And, yeah, read her mind. Could tell it wasn't her. Didn't know who it was. He was... Excited to meet someone that was not, uh, or pardon me, that was also different, quote unquote. All right, thank you. And uh, hopefully uh, Eddie's about to get off the phone. And uh, yeah, at this point Raven became Xavier's foster sister. But okay, yeah, I am back. But, okay, cool. I ragged on you a little, and I did some a uh, little bit of deep dive on the plot points that we already discussed as well. Well, I've got breaking news. Uh oh. That was Michigan State, and I have just enrolled in grad school. You're going to grad school? Yep. That was their phone call saying I was accepted. Michigan State? Buddy, you're supposed to be going to Ohio State. What are you doing? Eh, they didn't have the program I wanted. Oh, what's the program you're going for, bud? Uh, it's, uh... Um, what, are you, what are you allowed to discuss at this point in time? I can discuss anything. I am going into the Cybercrime and Digital Investigation Program. 
Oh, some more fraud type of uh stuff. Yeah. That's cool. I mean that that tracks. That's good to hear though, man. Yeah. Nice well, I, you know, I normally would get let the voicemail get it, but I figured that that one I should probably take. Yeah, it's yeah, when you have engagements like this coming up, you probably need to take those unknown number calls for sure. But uh yeah, you're now, you're now the first person I've told, so congrats. Oh. Well, congrats to me too then. Mm-hmm. Uh let's let's get back to the movie, bud. All right. Well, um, yeah, Spartans, Spartans for life. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, he shoots. I guess I should take German in college so I can. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Kraus, Kraus Schmidt. He shoots Eric's mom, and then uh. First, Eric just crumples the bell that he used to summon in the guards. And I loved this, where he just looks at the bell all crumpled up, and he's just like, ah, Wundavas. Oh my gosh. And then uh, pretty much trashes the whole room, crushes mm-hmm. the helmets of the guards. Or while they're, yet yeah, while it's still in their heads, it kills them. Yeah. And uh, there's a lab next door. He just throws all the metal around, and he's just like, ah, you know. Together we will do great things, and he hands him the coin. Yep. We already talked about uh, Xavier meeting Raven. Yep. All so right. We fast forward to 1962, and Eric and Charles are much older now. Eric is in Germany. Charles is studying at Oxford. Charles hits on some girl at a bar who's got Max Scherzer eyes. <laughs> That, sorry, that does make Max Scherzer that much creepier that he's got that thing going on for him. Yeah, I don't like it. It's weird. I see it in dogs, and it kind of creeps me out. So, like, yeah. But uh, Raven kind of ruins it. So mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I have it too, because she just switched her eye color. Yeah, but hey, mutant and proud. Well, Charles is already working on his philosophy of being proud mutant, so he's yes. telling Raven to stay in disguise, though. Yeah. No, it's not it, ready. It, Pretty contradictory, but yeah. So we cut to Magneto. He's getting the whereabouts of Klaus Schmidt from a banker by pulling out his metal filling. That would hurt a lot. Oof. Yeah, that was bad. Then we cut to Las Vegas. A group called the Hellfire Club is having a party with lots of powerful people. Mm-hmm. We see CIA agent Moira McTaggart. Uh, A.K.A. She... Rose Byrne. Mm. Mm-hmm. She was also in... Um... Bridesmaids, yeah. She uh, she gets in by stripping down to her underwear. Yeah, she's using the assets the CIA did not provide to her. Her words. Mm Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was all right. (laughs) But yeah, the whole scene where like all these girls in their underwear going in, so she goes in. She spies on Doctor Klaus, uh, who's talking to U.S. Colonel Hendry. He shows off his mutant friends. We meet Emma Frost, who can turn into diamonds. She is psychic, and she also ages in reverse from when we saw her in X-Men Origins. So, that's cool. Yeah. Little uh, X-Men Origins, using a character that did not fit the timeline. Marvel would never do this, but Fox did. (laughs) We have Riptide, who never says a word, but he can uh, create tornadoes. It's kind of cool. I, I suppose, yeah. Cool effects, but background fodder. Kind of like the lizard in No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And then Azizel, who is a red nightcrawler, teleports. 
But he looks like uh, Hellboy, but he's got the powers of Nightcrawler. Yeah. Anyway, Dr. Kraus now goes by the name Sebastian Shaw, much like a lot of Nazis. They changed their name. He tells, <laughs> yeah, he tells the colonel to put the nukes in Turkey, and then Azizel teleports him away. Moira calls her boss at the CIA and tells her, Hendry is working with the Hellfire Club. And the guy, the boss is like, no, Hendry's right here in this boardroom. And we see him in the boardroom, and he's like, yeah, put those nukes in Turkey. I agree, 100%. Yeah, and then Myra's like, huh, well, we need to find an expert in mutation. Guess who we're going to find? So she goes I to... Have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Eric then heads to Argentina, which is where the banker said Klaus is. He goes to a bar. Klaus's photo's on the wall, and he meets two former Nazis... And they're just one of them says like yeah we were just following orders sorry yeah I'm a ta- I'm a tailor and uh, what was the other one pig farmer egg yeah pig farmer pardon me and uh, yeah um also by the way the guy who played uh Colonel Hendry also played Landry Clark's dad in Friday Night Lights but that's an aside but yeah um. <laughs> I, here's the thing I had to look that up because it's like I know I recognize this guy the character actor thing. And then, yeah, sure enough. He was also in the crazies, but enough about that. Um, oh, the crazies. That was one of my all time movies where people just talk to the whole thing, the whole crowd. It was the most stereotypical. Oh, don't go in there. That's funny. I will um, have another movie. No comment. That but... I'll, uh, I will have another movie. Uh, when we do the history with the movie where the people talking next to me, uh, they talked throughout the whole thing. White people, too, so it's not a stereotype. Oh, my God. Yeah. You were thinking it, but, uh, but no, yeah, no, the crazies was just the complete, like, oh, don't go in there. Oh, you told him he shouldn't have gone in there. And it's like yeah. everyone in the theater was doing it. It's actually kind of fun. It made the movie better because it wasn't that great of a movie. Yeah, fair enough. Timothy Oliphant was great in it. Is he going to be on this podcast? I haven't seen him. Uh, I feel like he was, wasn't he? Maybe, but... I don't know. But anyway. yeah, uh, pig farmers and tailors, and they were just following orders. And yeah, that's not flying. <laughs> no. no. Well, he kills them <laughs> yeah. without remorse. Where were they at? Venezuela. Argentina. Argentina. Pardon me. Yeah. So back at that Oxford, uh, Moira finds Charles. She asks him about mutants. He scans her mind and sees what she saw in Las Vegas. Then we cut to oh, my... I am so sorry to interrupt once again. You're talking about Moira McTaggart. She works for the CIA. The director, the CIA director, McCone, her boss, portrayed by the son of Wes Craven, Matt Craven. Oh, nice. Yeah, for sure. Well, we head to Miami now, where Shaw's on his yacht, and Hendry's there. Hendry threatens to pull a pin on a grenade. He's uh, He's had it with Shaw. Mm-hmm. And Shaw says, no, you won't, because I will. And he does. And this is where we see his power. He just absorbs the blast from the grenade. And he says, you know, I can absorb energy. Keeps me young. But that's the boring part. The fun part is what I can do with the energy when it's inside me. And then just vaporizes the colonel. Yeah. So he's gone. R.I.P. Real one. Yeah. Moira then brings Charles and Raven to meet with the CIA. Charles asks one of the men about his son, William. Nice Easter egg for William Stryker. And then we, yeah. uh, 
They think Charles is a spy, <laughs> but because he can read their minds, and he's like, "What oh, about I ask you about this?" Come on, yeah, this is, yeah. We're in the '60s now. Yeah, that makes not, sense. We are not quite over the Red Scare, like yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. But uh, Raven then turns and she shapeshifts and convinces them that they are not spies; they are mutants. So they team with Man in Black Suit, a CIA agent. A.K.A. A CIA agent King. Mm-hmm. They go searching for Shaw. Meanwhile, Eric shows up to Shaw's yacht. And I love when he just shows up and Emma Frost is like, he's here to kill you. <laughs> like, just scans his mind real quick. Yeah. yeah. She's a telepath. She can tell that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe Magneto should get something to block all that. Yeah. That'd be a great idea. But, uh... So, yeah, he shows up and, uh... Shaw, or uh, he just gets dumped overboard. Um, Emma Frost stops him. He he's he's not much of a master of his powers yet. No, and, running purely on anger. Yeah, and then the Coast Guard shows up. Charles and Emma realize that there are two telepaths nearby, so they kind of negate each other's powers. Mm-hmm. And Magneto uses the boat anchor to rip apart the yacht, and as the Hellfire Club escape into a submarine under the yacht. Eric jumps in the water. He tries to stop the sub, but it's just too big. And Charles jumps in. He's like, listen, he's telling him telepathically. He's like, hey, you'll drown. You know, just let this one go. It's too big. You're not strong enough to move this yet. So uh, that's where they first met, in the water. Yeah. Soon Magneto will find out there is no spoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eric, uh... He goes to leave, but Charles tells him that they can help each other, but we need to recruit. And we cut to Oliver Platt, who builds a uh, prototype of Cerebro. And Eric says, Charles and I will find the mutants because they need to be discovered by their own kind. We want minimal CIA involvement. And they fire it up, uh, the Cerebro. They fire it up and locate some mutants. Charles and Eric go to a strip club. And they find one of the dancers, and she's got wings, so they're like, okay, you're hired. They go to New York, and there's a cab driver. We don't know anything about him, but they recruit him. Then they go to jail, find someone named Alex Summer. Hmm. Yeah, and, could, be, uh, could be a relation to uh, maybe a guy named Scott. Could be. So they recruit him. He apparently uh, doesn't play well with others. And uh, they go to an aquarium. They meet a kid who can make, like, we don't see what he can really do. He just makes some kind of uh, ripples underwater that yeah. we'll find out later. Then they go to a bar and they approach this big burly guy. And they're like, hey, my name's Eric Linchester. He's like, go, go F yourself. <laughs> go F yourself. Yes, it was Wolverine. Good yep. stuff. That got a laugh in the theater, I remember. I'm sure it did. Uh, meanwhile, on the sub, Emma feels the other telepath, uh, his power is amplified, and they're recruiting. And Charles and Eric have a discussion, and Eric thinks that this will lead them uh, to being rounded up and eliminated. Charles says, you know, not this time, no. So, back at the CIA, the new recruits give themselves code names. Raven is Mystique, the Aquarium Kid is Banshee, because he can scream really loud. The mm-hmm. cab driver is Darwin. His power is the ability to adapt, like uh, yeah. growing gills when he goes underwater. 
or growing a armor when he where he gets hit by a chair. Yep. Uh, the stripper is going to call herself Catwoman. No, she's actually <laughs> Angel because she can fly and spit out fireballs. And uh, thought Have I was going to forget that it was uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, didn't you? What? Yeah. That was Zoe Kravitz the whole time? Yeah. That's why I, I made the joke. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I just didn't even... Wow, okay. Yeah, I was saving it. It did vaguely look like her, so that's not surprising. Well, it vaguely looked like her because it was her. <laughs> Fair enough. And they all want to see Alex's power. And then he goes outside and he produces these big giant energy rings from his chest. So, they're like, yeah, you can be Havoc. Yep. So, Charles, Eric, and Moira all see them partying and they aren't too happy. Yeah. And and Raven's like, oh, no, 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 you have to call him Havoc. And Charles is like, grow up. Yeah, I expected better from you. Yeah. And uh, Real disappointed dad energy from her older brother. Yeah, and it's funny because, I mean, this is just one of the things that's like, throughout the movie, their relationship keeps getting further strained. Yes. And um, her relationship with Eric gets stronger. Mm-hmm. So they head to the Soviet Union thinking Shaw will be there, but it's just Emma. She's meeting with a Soviet general, and Eric figures out that Shaw wants to start World War III. Magneto then rushes into this big giant mansion where Emma tricks the general into thinking she's sleeping with her, or he's sleeping with her, when yeah, that she's was, just kind uh, of chilling on the couch and he's just making out I with was, nobody. <laughs> I was getting some real, uh, here's, a, here's a deep cut, real uh, Melvin energy from a Toxic Avenger. Yeah. In the first one, he was like, oh, Julie, oh, Julie, and he falls out of the window, you know? Yeah, that could, I was thinking more like uh, George Costanza when he was making out with a pillow, thinking it was from Risa Tomei, but <laughs> now yours is better, because it incorporates a movie we'd reviewed. Fair enough. But hey, but, any anytime you want to incorporate Seinfeld, I'm okay with it. Anyway, yeah, they walk in, and they're both, Magneto and Professor X are both kind of amused by this, they're like, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Emma Frost was the uh, girl in American Wedding that uh, Stifler ended up hooking up with. I have not seen American Wedding. It was the weakest of the movies, but that's the third not one, right? Bad. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the third one because Reunion's the fourth. Yeah, Reunion was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. First two are the only ones you really need to see. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Emma turns into Diamond. She says, when you know, I'm like this, you can't read my mind. So then Magneto traps Emma into the brass bed frame, and she starts to crack, which I question. I don't think brass can crack diamonds. Pretty sure diamonds are harder, but whatever. And uh, he's, like, torturing her, and, you know, Charles is not happy about this. And then she turns normal, and Charles reads her mind. While Magneto says she won't be turning into that again, and if she does, just give her a little tap. So Charles reads her mind, sees that uh, Shaw does indeed want a full-blown nuclear war to wipe out all of humanity so that there's only mutants left. Yep. Pretty solid plan. Yeah. Uh, Back at the CIA, this was pretty fun. Uh, Zizel is teleporting and grabbing guards and then teleporting, like way high into the air, dropping them, and repeating. <laughs> so, 
Okay, it's so just raining guards. Okay, so that is hilarious, but it's also genius. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, they hear it outside. They're like, what is that? All this thumping and people yelling. Yeah. Uh, they even got poor Oliver Platt, so he's gone. They, yeah, RIP to uh, Jimmy King. The thing that sucks about that is it's like, you, if you're a normal person, it's like, you can't even do anything about that. You're like, no. you can't run because he's going to find you. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing like, you can do. You're just screwed. Azizel, probably the strongest mutant in this movie. Like, I mean, because, okay, yeah, you got a couple telepaths. Don't get me wrong. That's cool and all. And then you got Magneto, who, like, when he harnesses his power, yeah, don't mess with him. But it's like... Right now, at this juncture, Azizel's probably the strongest <laughs> mutant you have. Possibly, yeah. I mean, maybe Shaw at the end, but yeah, uh, could be. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, nothing you can do. You, you're just screwed. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a good horror movie villain, a guy that teleports. Uh, I feel like that has to be a movie already. No, it, if not, it should be. Yeah. So, uh, so Shaw shows up, he's looking for mutants, and, um, he just absorbs all the bullets and rockets that they throw at him. <laughs> yeah. I love that he can absorb bullets, too. It's like, why not? So how do we beat him? <laughs> yeah. So Shaw, Riptide, and Azizel, they have the, uh, the new mutants recruits cornered. He tells them, listen, you can be enslaved right here, or you can rise up to rule, and you can join me and live like kings. And then he kind of sees, uh, Zoe Kravitz is like, hmm... He's making some sense. He's yeah. like, and queens. And uh, she also, takes him did, up on the offer. Did you notice, by the way, the whole, like, evolution vibe we get from Shaw's gang? Like, the ladies are all in nice dresses and the guys are in suits. Full-blown, like, evolution. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Hellfire Club, they all dress like uh, aristocrats, so. I don't I don't know shit about the Hellfire Club. I mean, how he, when you looked up uh, the comic ber- version of... Uh, Sebastian Shaw. I mean, that's what they dress like. Like, they're on their way to go uh, sign like, the Constitution. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what they all look like, huh? More or less. That's awful. <laughs> Actually, one of them is, um, is uh, Eric Wingard. And he was... He, does, his, his, he has the same powers as the guy in the wheelchair next to. Oh, okay. I think it was Eric Wingard. There can't be two Erics. Maybe there is. I don't know. No, Jason Wingard, because the son was Jason. So there's, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. He's not uh, paralyzed in the comics. I assume he's also not Stryker's son? No, but they have the same power and first name, so... Fair enough. So, um, Darwin... He's like, no, no, I'll come with you too. My power is to adapt and survive, so that's what I'm doing. He's like, yeah, great. And then uh, Darwin covers up. He turns into his armadillo shell or whatever. And he's like, Alex, now. And Alec, or Havoc fires the energy rings at Shaw. He just easily absorbs them. Yeah. And then Shaw just tells Darwin, he's like, adapt to this. And then puts the absorber Bruh. energy in his mouth and he just turns to ash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. Um, so, oh man, I just got off my notes. They just went way far away from where I was. Uh-oh. Uh, okay, yep, here we go. So Shaw is in the Soviet Union, 
He has a uh, the general that Emma pretended to sleep with install missiles in Cuba, so the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes. That's how it really started. Huh? Uh, back at the CIA, Magneto tells them we can avenge Darwin. Magneto says, we need an army, and Professor X says, well, we'll train. And it's uh, they go to his family's old mansion, because the CIA location is compromised. And Professor X says, uh, or, nope, that's same thing I just read. Meanwhile, the U.S. says they're putting up a line in the uh, in the ocean, and if the Soviet missile ship crosses that line, it will be a declaration of war. Uh-oh. So don't, uh, don't cross the line to Cuba. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. I like how JFK says Cuba. Cuba, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, like a where the hell is he from? <laughs> Massachusetts. Yep, yep, that definitely. So the Soviets then say, "Oh, well, if they're going to dispatch a big fleet, so are we." Yeah. I think the purge sirens going off where I live, huh? I think I hear a semi driving by right now where I'm at. No, we just have a big purge siren. So if someone breaks into my house, I'm allowed to kill them. Yes. Actually, I'm allowed to do that anyway, I think. Stand your ground, Ed. All right, I will. So back at the mansion, Professor X tells Magneto he needs to challenge himself, like when uh, he found him in the sub. He says, we get get like a montage, a training montage, and Charles helps Havoc with his energy blast, helps get under control. Uh, He helps Banshee controlling the pitch and also gives him a flight suit. Yeah. Tells Hank to let the beast free, and uh, he's able to run faster and be more athletic. Meanwhile, Magneto tells Mystique, uh, while she's working out, if you're using half your concentration to look normal, you're wasting it. And if you want society to take you seriously, you can't. Uh, you have to uh, accept yourself. Yeah. If you yeah. want society to accept you, you have to accept yourself first. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, they also build Havoc a special suit to help control his blast. And finally, Professor X has Magneto move a giant satellite dish, and he can't. And he's like, listen, all of your power comes from anger, but you need to find a balance between anger and serenity. Yes, there is no spoon. Yep. He accessed the memory of him and his mom, like lighting a menorah, it looked like, and uh, Magneto's like, oh, I thought that memory was was gone. I'm glad you found it. And he's able to move the satellite dish. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to JFK talking about Cuba. <laughs> and the Soviets are approaching the U.S. defense line. And Charles and Eric determine that that's where Shaw will be because he won't leave anything to chance. So we also see Shaw has moved on from Emma. <laughs> she uh, she was arrested, by the way, uh, by the CIA when she was yeah. trapped in the brass bed. Of course. Uh, he's moved on. He's with uh, Angel now. Uh-huh. So... Uh, back at the mansion, Hank wants uh, Mystique to take this, this this cure I made. It looked normal, and Mystique doesn't want to take it. And she brought into uh, she bought into what Magneto says. And Hank's like, "Look, uh, even if we save the world, my feet and your blue skin will never be deemed beautiful." And he tells her, "You're beautiful now, and you're in Jennifer Lawrence mode." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's not having it. Yeah. So Magneto tells Professor X that tomorrow the world will know mutants exist. And Magneto says that they will eventually turn on us. And he's like, you know, you think all humans will be like Moira. And Charles says, well, you think all humans will look like, will turn out like Shaw. 
And then Hank then gives, so they more dis, disagreements there. Yeah. Hank, Hank then gives himself the drug. His foot returns to normal, but then it triggers his final mutation, and he becomes the beast, big blue CGI beast. Then we get a meme. <laughs> it's Magneto walking into Raven's room, and she is as herself. And he says, yeah, well, you know, maybe in a few years. So she ages herself into, like, looks like Stifler's mom. Yes. And he says, no, I prefer the real Raven. And then she goes back to Jennifer Lawrence. He says, I said the real Raven. So then she turns into Mystique, and he's like, perfection. <laughs> One of my favorite Here memes. <laughs> here's, a, here's a real quick break from the podcast for you. Go check the group chat. I sent you something that you as a Yankee fan can enjoy. Okay, let's see. Yeah, that's fair. I end up saying falafel every time. That's why we call him IKF. That's that fair enough. So, yeah, it was an IKF joke. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that was the meme. I enjoyed that meme. Uh, yep. Mystique then talks to Charles, and he's uh he's appalled that she's nude. He's like, oh, put some clothes on. And uh, she says, you know, I used to think it was us against the world, but uh, you want to be a part of the world now. And it's just not, you know, not where I'm, we're not vibing. <laughs> yeah, that's not cool, man. Yeah. Not groovy. The next morning, they get their outfits, which, they, unlike the X-Men 1, do look accurate to the original outfits from the first comics from the way yep. back in the 60s. Yep. And they see that Hank has turned into Beast. That's when they dub him Beast. <laughs> yes. Havoc does. Uh, but only Magneto and Mystique are happy about his new look. Everybody oh my god, I love... Dude, I love... Because <laughs> Mystique's like, you look great. And Magneto's like, you've never looked better. <laughs> yeah, he he's chokes like, the shit out of him. He's like, I was being serious. <laughs> yeah, he's like, don't mock me. I love it, dude. Well, meanwhile, in the ocean... It's, I will say, it's easy for shapeshifters and someone who looks like Michael Fassbender to be like, oh, yeah, you look fine. It's like, you don't have to look like that. Exactly, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the ocean, the boats are all ready to fire on one another when the Blackbird swoops in. We saw a prototype of that earlier at the CIA. Whoa, and, whoa, whoa, the Blackbird? Yeah. Did, did John Lennon have anything to do with this? No. Okay. It was the king that designed it. Fair enough. So it swoops in. Professor X detects Shaw is there. We see uh, Azizel take over the ship, uh, the, and uh, he just punches it straight forward to the line. Sir, that's Commander Azizel? Yes. And uh, it's funny. Like Professor X takes over one of the mines of the Soviet, just a random dude in a boat, <laughs> yeah. and they're just like, the ship's moving forward. We told it not to. It's not us. And then some rando just fires on the ship, blows it up, and then he's like, oh, what, what happened? They're like, you just prevented nuclear war. Arrest him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to the brig. Yeah. He's like, I, I don't know what I just did. Yeah. Uh, so Shaw's like, well, we need a backup plan, which is him going into the sub's nuclear reactor, and he's just going to absorb the whole thing and become a nuclear bomb. <laughs> Yeah. So, cool. And they're like, well, we need a we need a way to find the sub. We, if only we had sonar. And Banshee's like, well, we do. Use my power for sonar. 
So Banshee, he flies underwater. He detects the sub with his supersonic scream. And the Blackbird flies over the spot of the sub. And Magneto does manage to pull the sub out of the water. As all of the U.S. and Soviet ships are watching this giant sub just floating in the air. Yes. <laughs> he pulls it towards an island and it crashes as a uh, Riptide also causes a cyclone. Uh, Blackbird breaks apart and crashes as well. And Professor X forms a plan, but he has Mystique stay back. And she's, of course, not happy about that. Uh-huh. Uh, Beast and Havoc, they take on Azizel. Magneto goes after Shaw. Uh, Magneto disables the reactor, so Shaw stops charging up. Uh, meanwhile, Banshee and Angel face off, and Havoc manages to uh, zap one of her wings so she can't fly anymore, so pretty much worthless. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Magneto finds Shaw, and this was a great scene. Maybe my favorite in the movie. Definitely my favorite in the movie. So Shaw asks him, he's like, why are you on their side? And Shaw says, everything I did, I did for you to help unlock your power. Magneto tries to fight him. By the way, Shaw has a uh, helmet on because uh, he knows about the telepaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he and, does Charles reading his mind. Yeah. And he's also, like, in the center of a sub, so Charles can't get in. He can't penetrate this little room um, until Magneto he gets thrown against the wall and cracks the wall, so then his he can at least read Magneto's mind. Yeah. Um, meanwhile... Outside, Azizel's about to kill Beast when Shaw comes out and he's like, Azizel, stop! And uh, it was actually Mystique, and then Beast gets free, gets the upper hand on him, so that was fun. But uh, back in the sub, my favorite scene, Shaw's giving Magneto this pep talk about, um, he's like, you know, this is why you need to join me. And Magneto, uh, he is trying to use all the metal to stop him, but like, he can't overpower him because he's basically as strong as a nuclear bomb. Yeah. <laughs> but during said pep talk, he did get like a random wire to wrap around the helmet and pull it off. And right as he does, Professor X freezes Shaw. And uh, again, my favorite scene, Professor X, uh, he tells Magneto, uh, he's like, look, Eric, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. And then Eric grabs uh, the helmet. He puts it on as we hear Charles's voice just fade away. Mm-hmm. And Magneto's like, you know, I want you to know, if you're in there, that I agree with everything you said. But you killed my mother. So he takes out the coin from the beginning of the movie and just sends it right through Shaw's head. <laughs> yep. And it comes out bloody on the other side. And <laughs> I'm guessing Professor X was, he had to be in Shaw's mind because he was kept and frozen. So uh, yeah. we see what happens when Charles is in someone's mind and that person dies. So he screams in agony. And back at the Pentagon, the military says, you know, well, we don't know what the hell happened. All these weird mutants <laughs> with all these powers appeared and they're all on the beach with one agent. Yeah. They're like, well, she's a good agent, but uh, it can be collateral damage. Let's just get rid of these people. Like, we don't know what they are. Kill them. Uh, so... Eric then tells everyone on the beach that uh, we're not the enemy. The real enemy's out there, and I can feel their guns pointing at us. And the ships all, they fire on the beach. Magneto stops all the missiles in midair. He points them back at the boats, and Charles is like, No, you can't. You said with yourself, we're the better men. It's time to prove it. And Magneto kind of thinks about it. He's like, Listen, there's innocent people on the boat just following orders. 
And uh, Magneto didn't like hearing that. Because <laughs> that's what, exactly what the Nazis in the bar said to him. Yep. And he's like, I've been under... You know, I've been listening to people follow orders their whole life. And uh, he fires the missiles back at the boats. Charles tackles them. Several of the missiles kind of just blow up in midair. Uh, Moira then shoots Magneto several times. He deflects all the bullets, and he deflects one into um, the, spine. the spine of Charles Xavier. At this and I like point, how, by the way, I like how they didn't like put that in the focus. Like that was in the background. Yeah. At this point, we're still worried about the missiles. Which, when he sees Charles get hit, all of the missiles just drop into the ocean. Yeah, of course. So Magneto, he tries to kill Myra, and he says, you did this. And then Charles is like, no, you did this. And Magneto kind of tells him his philosophy, and he says, well, no, we just don't agree. I'm sorry, Eric. So Magneto says, listen, the humans played their hand, time we play ours. Who's with me? And Zizel, Riptide, and Angel, of course, are with them. And then Mystique. Uh, they don't. They don't have a captain right now, so I'd say yeah, they're, just, they're they're like, free right. agents. They're probably going to take the route that doesn't end up with them being dead. Yeah, so they join them, and yeah. then Mystique. She joins them. She tells Beast, "Never forget, mutant and proud," and uh, mm-hmm. tells Charles, "He's like, go with her. You you wanted you want to go with them, so just go." Yeah. So they're on the beach, and then Azizel teleports them all away. And then we hear yep. Moira tells Charles we need to get him to a hospital. And he's like, I, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> and cut to Professor X in a wheelchair talking about turning the mansion into a school. And Moira dubs the team the X-Men. And Moira also says, I'll never tell anyone about you. And he says, I know. And wipes her memory. And uh, we cut to Moira at a board meeting. They kissed, by the way. And yes, she's that's like, how Emery, Superman 2 style. Yeah, he's like, except this is actually a power Charles has, not Superman. But um, we see her at a board meeting, and she's like, I remember bits and pieces here and there, the kiss, and all the people in the meeting are like, oh, God, this is enough. (laughs) Then we see Magneto breaking into the CIA prison and getting Emma Frost free. And she says, he says, I know we've had our differences, but... uh, Join us. She says, uh, Eric, I believe. And he says, actually, I prefer the term Magneto. Roll credits and no post-credit scene. Nope, no post-credit scene. Also, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Emma Frost is in the next movie at all. No, she was in, uh, Origins Wolverine, but, uh, that was a, uh, oversight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also, by the way, guys, yeah. Um, kind of like how Sabretooth was in X-Men 1 and then in Wolverine Origins, they don't know each other. Uh, and now, granted, I have not seen Dark Phoenix, but I do know that there is a mid-credits thing in Days of Future Past that does not get referenced even once. Actually gets negated in the next movie. So I don't think any of these like mid-credits, post-credits, or scenes are even canon. Oh, one is. But uh, no, you're, you're right. And yeah. I'm, uh, I'll look forward to ripping those apart when the okay. time comes. Yes, fair enough, fair enough. I sent you a little quote from the uh, IMDb page. You will be reading the part of Man in Black Suit. Okay, well, should we uh, grade the movie first? <laughs> yes, we should. Absolutely, we should. I told you the critics and the fans went high with their high 80 scores. Um, 
I mean, we've we've ripped apart the CGI. Um, it's just there was a lack to this that you know you didn't have in X Men that you didn't have in X Two. This was very good, but it just it was just lacking something. I can't really put my finger on it, but I'm going to be gracious and I'm going to give this a seven and a half. Hmm. Okay. Well, I do not. I I didn't think it was lacking. I loved it. I. This. I mean, one... don't get me wrong. Like, I'll go back and watch this, but like. Think about it. Compare it to X and X2. It's like it doesn't touch them, in my opinion. Oh, I think it does. I I think it does. But, um, well, let's see. What did I give X2? Because well, I think I graded gave, higher than X1. Get, yeah, you gave X. Okay, so X Men, you gave as uh, an eight and a half. We both gave eight and a half. Yeah, and then you gave X2 a nine. I give it an eight, and so did the uh, the Doc Chad Matthews as well. So. Yeah, this one I like. I really loved the dynamic of um, of, of Magneto and Professor X. I loved their relationship, and you throw in Mystique in there. I loved when he turned into Magneto and he killed Shaw. That to me was great. I loved the scene on the beach. To me, if if that scene, the whole beach thing had fallen apart, this would be like a six. Like yeah. that's how much that made the movie. Like you got, you know. Eric turning into Magneto on that scene. That was very well done. Um, yeah, for the movie itself, I'm going to go uh, eight and a half. But okay. uh, I really liked it. This was a great prequel. And this, I will say, it, um, you know, uh, X3 did, you know, got bad reviews. X-Men Origins, even though we thought it was all right, uh, got bad reviews. This... I think did a lot to get X-Men back on track. So it's like, okay, now we have a new angle. We're going to do the prequel thing. And it's a movie that's warrants a prequel. And uh, yeah, everything they did was, was well done. There was only the one cheesy joke about like, Oh, next thing you know, I'll be going bald. And like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like when they do things like that, but that was it. Uh, yeah. It will get worse uh, in another movie, but we're not there yet. So this one, eight and a half, and uh, what do we, uh, this was, uh, no, Thor was the first of the blockbuster era, I think. We had the, yeah. it was the trial and error era, uh, with a lot of trials, some successful, like X2, but, for instance. Yes, but some we are. Some not successful, like X3, for instance. Yes, but we are in the blockbuster era, and we still are. Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for better or worse. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So eight and a half from you, seven and a half from me. Mm-hmm. Next week, folks, this actually, and this may be the first time we've come across this, this movie that we're going to review is on two streaming services, and you do not have to, there is no rental fee on either of these. Of course, there are subscription fees. Uh, you could fire up Netflix or you could fire up HBO Max and watch the 2011 uh, film with Ryan Reynolds. That's right, the Green Lantern. Mm. The the third I believe the third appearance of Ryan Reynolds on the on the podcast now. But not the last. No, far from it actually. Yeah, that'll be uh that'll be next week and the uh, conclusion of my baseball story. <laughs> oh, well, I look forward to it. I really do. Okay, folks, with that, 
we're gonna get out of here. This is a this is gonna be a little bit of a little bit of a conversation quote between uh, myself and Eddie. I will be reading the part of Charles Xavier, and he will be reading the part of Man in Black Suit. Yes, and make sure you read the parentheses so people understand. I uh, I suppose yes that okay. would since this right. is since this is audible and not visual. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do a, sh- a really shitty accent here, so enjoy. <laughs> okay. What would you like to say? God damn it. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> you got to edit that, man. Um, would you Would you like to see another magic trick? Yes. Use, using powers gives order. Get in the car. Good idea. Show me a smile on your silly face. I'm getting tired of this human race. Don't 